Come on, keep praising and keep loving. Just keep praying for a few minutes. Come on, go deeper. The presence of God is in this building. It's very strong. It's here for a reason. It's here for a purpose. Father, you're so good to us. You're so good to us, Jesus. You're so good to us. I don't think we're in a rush this morning, are we? No, we're not. When uh, Brother Mike said what he said, I am totally in agreement with you. I woke up with expectancy. And I like expectancy. So it's wonderful to be home. Hello, home. (laughs) If you would take your seats for a few minutes, I want to just kind of open up. Where's Jalen gone? Where's Jalen? There you are, Jalen. I need to apologize. I could hear him in the background going, don't just come into the sanctuary and talk. And My apologies to you. I mean, I haven't seen some people for a long time, and they get big hugs and kisses, and, and I'm like, and I can hear the worship leader going, oh, don't just walk in here and start talking to people. I'm like, so I actually thought you were talking to me. So while we're at it, I'm Uncle John to Pastor Wright's children. You never asked me if you can get married, did you? Ooh. So where's Esther? I can see she's walking around somewhere. Esther, you here? Okay, well, I'll just give my permission this morning and okay. <laughs> My home church, you've been so uh, gracious to us. It's our 20th year of being in England. 20th year. (laughs) That's a long time. That's my best American accent I can do, so I'll leave it right there. Can you get off your phone, please, people? I mean, look look at the guy. Look at these preachers over here on the phone and whatever. I mean, thank you, Brother Matt. Is it Jesus you was texting? He'll get me later. I know he will. It's all fun. Anyway, (laughs) 20 years ago, we left without a clue what we was going to do. There's somebody in the building this morning that she speaks very funny. Um, She's married to that guy, actually. Did did you understand her yet? You you can't understand me either. Okay. (laughs) That's what happens when you come from Arkansas. You know that, don't you? Sure do, man. <laughs> you go. So 20 years ago, we ac- we'd actually been in the church for 11 years here. Um, learned everything I felt I needed to, I pray, needed to learn to be able to leap out of here and go and be a missionary in our home country. Um, no, we, we didn't. <laughs> Thinking that what we had got was going to go and change the world. Then when we got there, then we had to relearn everything because it was a different world for us to step into. We went to Liverpool. Us mature saints of the church know who came from Liverpool. So a greeting from Liverpool to, to the guys that wouldn't and the, and the ladies that wouldn't understand the greeting. 
But he loves you, yeah, yeah, yeah. He loves you, yeah, yeah, yeah. And with a love like that, you know you should be glad. Some of the, the mature saints, I'm saying the mature saints. But if it wasn't for you guys, we wouldn't be there. My home church is a, a, is a huge part of our sponsorship to actually be in Liverpool. And, and without you guys, we're not, we just wouldn't make it. But because of you guys, over 400 and something people have been baptized since we've been there. That's because of you guys. So every time we baptize somebody, so do you. You're part of everything that we do. You're part of everything that we say. Can I take my jacket off? It's warm up here. Where's the mechanical contractor? It's warm and warming, warming. So even recently, I, I, I don't know if... It, do, do you display the PIM newsletters anywhere? We do. We email them. Awesome. We've moved out of Liverpool a little bit, me and my wife, and we've gone down to London. And the message this morning is going to incorporate a couple of little things of what is actually happening there. And I just said earlier this morning that if God opens doors, you've got to go through them. If he's opening them and you don't go through them, it's a complete waste of time. So God is not going to open doors if you're not prepared to go through them. So when you get to where you feel you've got to go to, then the doors open in front of you. It really works that way. Why would God open a door that you're never going to head for? But when he gives you a direction, if you look at Philip in the book of Acts, he gave him a direction. He said, go south. And that's all he gave him. He didn't tell him what was going to happen. He just said, Philip, go south. But you're going to meet something and somebody on the road. So just... Here's the direction, go there. If he hadn't gone south, then the eunuch from Ethiopia wouldn't have received the Holy Ghost and been baptized. But he went just in the direction that God gave him. So my goal this morning is something happened to me a few months back. Um, I've always wondered who God spoke to when he didn't have us. <laughs> I mean, I'm a bit weird. I have weird thoughts. So I'm there one day going, well, who did you, did you talk to yourself? Anybody got an answer for me? Who was he talking to? So then why did God have to create a language to speak to his creation? You Ready? You're never going to pray the same again. And when you pray in future, you're going to pray and watch the power of God enter into your soul and you're going to see the miraculous with your own eyes. If you would let me preach to you this morning just for a few minutes, something that happened to me a while back, I believe when, when Pastor Wright asked me to preach this morning, this instantly came to my mind. So if you would stand with me this morning for reading of Psalms 33, 6 through 12. You up there, Kirby? There you go. And if you would just kind of, before we even go into this, I want you to clear your heart out. If there's anything going on in life, anything that you're going through right now, just take it out of your heart. God, take this. I want you to hear this with a pure heart, clean hands, because those are the ones that walk up on the mountains with God. So by the word 
of the Lord were the heavens made, and all their hosts by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the waters of the sea as in a bottle. He puts the deeps in storage places and let all the earth fear the Lord, revere and worship in all of the Lord, uh, all of the world, sorry. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. The Lord brings the counsel of the nations to naught. He makes the thoughts and plans of the peoples of no effect. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The thoughts of his heart through all generations. Blessed, happy, fortunate to be envied is the nation whose God is the Lord. The people he has chosen as his heritage. If you would once more just pray with me. Father, open our eyes this morning to you to see this. We open our ears this morning to hear this. This has to be, Father, the way this world will hear the gospel worldwide. This is a, a way, Father, that I believe that you have put inside of your church, the way the world can hear the gospel. They would see the miraculous, Father. They would know only you could commit these things and do these things through human beings. So every heart that's in this building today, I pray. Every mind, every heart, every soul that, Father, what, what would be a hindrance between you and them and you and I that would be taken today, we would give it all to you so that I can hear this and this would make sense that I could walk out of this building this morning, Father, and begin to see truly what it is to live in the kingdom of God. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray and the church says together. Amen. God bless you all. Thank you for standing in reverence and respect of the Word of God. A couple of weeks back, we was down in London. It's our new port of call. I've been waiting for, for years to, to get the green light. I sat several years ago. We was down at a board meeting in London. I got on the train to head back to Liverpool. And as I got on the train, I, be, I just began to weep on my own. And I kind of looked and was like, oh, my word. God, do you want me to come here? Very clear, yes. I said, London. Yes, London. I haven't got a picture on me, but what happened, it took about a year of, of prayer and walking the streets and figuring out where we need to be, what part of the actual city we need to be in. Um, and Leanne's sitting here. She can give you an attest to tell you that Kensington is one of the most wealthiest areas of Great Britain, which makes it one of the wealth, most wealthiest areas the, in the world. And I really felt Kensington, Notting Hill, the area where, where I kept going to. And I, I kept praying. And one day I said, God, I need a sign. And I Googled my name. And I was on Kensington High Street. And it was just go right at the next junction. And I walked. And I followed my little map. And I look up. Now, my name is Hemus. Anybody know anybody else called Hemus apart from my brothers? Right, so you can kind of see it's not a usual name, is it? It's a Greek Macedonian name. It's very popular, I suppose, where I'm from originally. But no one can turn around to me and say, ah, it's like Smith. It, the name's everywhere. It's not. So I turn the corner and I look up and the sign on the street said, Hemus Place. I've got, I, have, I have got a picture I can show you. It's on my phone, two of them. 
And I'll never forget standing there looking at it going, I asked God for a sign. Where to be? He must place. And I went, okay, Sherry, we're moving. <laughs> we haven't moved away from Liverpool, but we go down three or four days a week. So then I'm say, God, let, let, me, let me do this. I like to like it be a Gideon. I like to put the fleece out. And I put the fleece out and I said, all right, if I'm supposed to be here, I'm going to walk in the miraculous. Liverpool, we have seen so many incredible miracles. And it's, been, it's just been a privilege and an honor to do and be who we are in that city. So we went out and we went to meet neighbors and we went to meet restaurants. I've enjoyed that part of it. And we, go, we, we just sat there one night in a Lebanese or wherever restaurant it was. And as we're sitting there, we met the owner. We didn't know it was the owner. But she came up to us and we spent 15 minutes with her. And I started to recognize there's something about this lady. This, something's about to happen here. And she disappeared and we had our food and I had a meeting I, I needed to get to. So as I, as I was like looking for her, 15 minutes had gone by. I wanted to pay the bill. And I said to my wife, I said, I'm going to go in and I'll find out where she is. And I went into the restaurant and you walked up to the counter and the chefs were behind the counter. And I glanced over and she had her hand in a bowl of water and the lady was sobbing. And I looked and I went, what have you done? And, and a whole pot of just boiled coffee had gone over a palm of a hand. The whole pot went over a hand. So I was like, here we go. I walked around. I said, give me your hand. She picked her hand up, and I put my hand over her hand. The woman was trembling. She was crying. She said, I can't believe the pain that I'm, that I'm in. And I went, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I command this pain to leave. No scar, no damage from this whatsoever. I turned her hand around, and I put her hand back in the water. But all the people in the restaurant and the chefs and the waitresses were looking over what was going on. And the lady looked at me, and she went, oh, my God. The pain has just left my hand. And she pulled her hand out of the water. There was no mark on it. There was no burn. There was absolutely zero on that woman's hand. And then she looked at me and she went, oh my God. I said, yes, your God. Step in through doors when God is leading you to them. And watch what God is going to do through you. So let me just deepen this a little bit. I'm going to go a little bit deeper. If you could show Kirby what I asked you to highlight. Can you make that bigger? Is it big enough? Right. I'm going to turn my head around because I can't see that one. That's what I got these on for. This lunatic up here decided to learn Hebrew. It's the worst language I've ever read and tried to learn in my life. But what happened, I felt led to do this. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Above, you read from right to left. What has never been translated into English are those two highlighted words. The one to the right is the Aleph. The one to the uh, left is the Tav. It's the A to Z. That there is not translated into English because it's not translatable. This is what I'm getting from Hebrew scholars. It's good stuff, this is. So in the beginning is time. God created the heavens. Space and the earth matter. So God created everything that we are outside of time, space, and matter. And the scripture says that he can measure it between his finger and his thumb. That's how God looks at the universe. So he outside of time, outside of space, 
and outside of matter. God said, let there be light, and there was light. He created, if you go back to what I've just said to you in uh, Psalms, by the word of the Lord were the heavens made. He spoke this into existence. But if he wasn't talking to anybody, he had to create a language that he could then have a vocabulary and speak. In the Garden of Eden, all they knew was his voice. They could hear his voice talking to them. So God created a language to have a conversation with his own creation. They understood it. Who told you you were naked, Adam and Eve? Because there was another voice in the garden. And that voice lied and that voice deceived them and that voice separated them from God. And when he had convinced them that he was greater than God himself and they believed that, that's when sin entered into their hearts. He had done his job. He pulled them away from God and got them to believe in him. A voice. Actually, I'm not going to go there, but the word serpent doesn't mean snake in the Hebrew. This is kind of mad stuff now. It means a whisper or an enchantment. It's a voice. So when he found them covering themselves, he spoke to them, who told you that you were naked? But they only knew that voice. He had a communication with his own creation. (laughs) So in the Hebrew, I'm not getting crazy on you, I promise you. The unique preposition is the Aleph and the Taf. But we do not have, believe it or not, a translation in the English. So when it was wrote, when I spoke to some Hebrew scholars, they go, yeah, yeah, the Aleph and the Tav is in the middle. So what it actually says, in the beginning, God created a language. He had to speak. So he created a language so he could create. What do you have? I forget, I'll go there later. I'm going to go there in a few minutes. So I, I did a research on it to find out if I was not losing the plot. No, I'm not. Hebrew scholars said the, the, the English translation does not translate the Aleph and the Taf. That's our A to Z or A to Z as you would say. He created a language to have a communication with his own creation. This is when he said, by the word of the Lord, all things came into existence. He spoke words that created. He created Adam and Eve out of the dust of the earth and he breathed life into them. He formed an alphabet. He formed a communication so he could be their God and they would be his people. He would be their creator and they were his creation. And he could commune with his own creation by the way he built this alphabet. So break it down. I'm doing this on purpose right here. It refers to the expanse of the alphabet from letters a left to taf. But it means that God's first creation was the 22 Hebrew letters from Aleph to Tav. 
He had to create the language to be able to communicate with us. Are you with me so far? <laughs> so in fact, in the beginning God created his word. John 1.1 1, 1 says in the beginning was the word. <laughs> and the word was with God because the word was God. And John 1.14 says, and the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. <laughs> That's some good stuff. We'll wait till we get to the end. So the DNA of creation is literally the 22 letters of the alphabet, of the Hebrew alphabet. Being the, Brother Mark, will you help me with this one? You little scientist person. The 22 letters of the, of the Hebrew alphabet begin, they are the chromosomes of the DNA. Interesting to point out that humans have 22 pairs of chromosomes called Autosomes. Stick with me. But the 23rd pair differs and makes us what we are, male or female. So the 23rd chromosome makes me male and makes you ladies female. There are no other genders. There's two. A male and a female. Okay. Because the way we are built, oh dear, do I want to go here? A male can never experience what a female experiences. It's physically impossible. Because God made us so different. And you know what blew my mind recently? And I'm going to go out a little bit on the limb. Pastor Wright, I don't know if he's listening. He's going to have to get me later. I was preaching in it. That's good. <laughs> Shh, between us. <laughs> Turn off the mics and everything. Something I, I looked at two weeks ago, a young lady in our church, I'm, I'm, I'm diversifying, I'm, I'm off of you, came up to me and she said, Pastor, and I'm not going to go into it, but she said, is this lifestyle a sin? She's nine. And I went, actually, sweetheart, yes, it is. And I said, let me explain what sin means to you. And, and this nine-year-old bright young girl told me exactly what I was saying to her that she understood. And she said, well, let me ask you. Now, she's nine years of age. Evelyn, Le Leanne. Nine. Yes, it's got to be Evelyn. But she come up to me and she said, um, a girl at school has asked me out. She's nine. And I went, sweetie, what would you answer? And she went, oh, so that's a good answer. <laughs> and then she said, but there are two children in our school. And she said, and the, now look, I'm not going to get political. I'm not doing that, but I want to show you something. She said, there's a, there's a young boy that is now coming to school as a young girl. And I said, how do you know? She said, well, the young boy now has long hair and a dress. And there's a young girl that comes to church. 
comes to church, comes to school, and she now has a pair of pants on and short hair. And she went, didn't God kind of do this in the beginning? A nine-year-old. So if anybody ever struggles of a differentiation, a different, differentiation, that's a new word. The difference between male and female, today is your last day. If a nine-year-old can look at me and fathom this out at that age, what on earth is wrong with us? Listen to me, please, listen to me, come on. God in the beginning had made a complete difference between us for that purpose. For the creative purpose, I have not got reproductive organs. Never can have. You can transplant and shove them in there, but they're not going to work. I don't have the rest of the, of the, rest of the stuff to go with it. Oh. So that's why I struggle. In our world that we are living in today, the church has got a phenomenal job to do. We have to stand up and show the world exactly what God meant about us being his people and he being our God. We have such a responsibility. We are actually above and beyond the darkness right now because we understand what is going on. If you look around you today, the world is lined up with the scripture. The world has lined up. Come on, church. If the world's lining up with the scripture, what more must we be and do? Think about it. God said this is going to happen and that's going to happen. Look for this sign and look for that. It's all here. It's here. Don't sit inside of these four walls anymore. You've got to take this to the streets. You've got to get out of here. You've got to go and preach the gospel to every creature, every person, every man, woman, every colleague at work, every family member. We are here. We have arrived. We're about to see the greatest move of God on the face of his earth. And I'm going to show you how and I'm going to show you why. Oh dear. <laughs> so what's this? Oh. So unlike other languages which are descriptive of the world's reality, the Hebrew language is the only creative language because it's God's. If you would show me, please, Kirby, the DNA of creation. I'm going to turn around. You all can. Watch this. The 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet perfectly correspond to the 22 amino acids, the building blocks of life within our DNA. This is not. Watch this. Hello. <laughs> the Torah teaches us that speech was the tool of creation. I've just read Psalm 33, 6. Since the 22 amino acids in our DNA correspond to the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet, we can say with surety that the Hebrew language is the DNA of creation. But what is the DNA? His voice, his word. Let that sink in. It's coming. So if you look, I can't read them. <laughs> If you look at the 22 letters, they are the Hebrew, but every single one of them has the uh, corresponding periodic table 
element with it. So that there is how we are made up. That's our DNA right there. That's how the world, the universe, the humans are put together. The speech, the language of God is creative. So 2,000 years ago, What happened 2,000 years ago? Thank you, Brother Mott. The birth of the church was 2,100, I think, something crazy, but it's 2,000 years, just put it there. What happened at the day of Pentecost? A, actually, Kirby, put it up, Acts 2. Might as well read it with you. And I'm hoping right now that your heart is wide open. Because what you're about to experience is something that's going to change your prayer life. It's going to change the way you look at the things of God. It's going to change the way you look at yourself. And the way you speak and the way you pray and the way you witness Because you're going to see what you have never really truly seen before. Because once you understand what you have. Kirby, can you give me Acts 2? She fell asleep up there. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. And suddenly, suddenly, there came a sound. We're going to have a suddenly moment in here very shortly. There came a sound from heaven as a, of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and it sat upon each of them. What happened? And they were filled with the Holy Ghost. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. This is a language that God has created to put inside of His people. So we would know that we are His people. Ezekiel 33, 32 says that God was going to take out of our heart that stony cold heart and put in that place a heart of flesh. And he said, I'm going to put my spirit in my people. And my people will know that I am their God. And they will know that they are my people. What do we have as a born again believer baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sin? What did he say was going to happen? And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. What's the gift? It's the voice of God. Oh, dear. So here you are, sitting in a church with the voice of God inside of you. That voice creates... This is what we can give to the world around us. We can speak the healing, Bonnie. We have the power of the Spirit of God in us. Look what I've just showed you. He created a language, Alan. So that we can talk to Him. And then, when I pray for people, 
and I start speaking in tongues. I am using a language that he created them with. No wonder we can see healing in people's lives. No wonder. <laughs> so when people come up to us, would you pray for me? Yes. Life is being given. Because that tongue is not my tongue. It becomes his tongue, Steph. And when I speak those heavenly words, I am speaking the words of creation. I am speaking the words of God in healing. Are you getting me? It's nuts, isn't it? This is what we have in us. It's in something, I don't talk gobbledygook, so when anybody tells me, oh, you don't have to speak in tongues, shut up. You're, you're actually telling God, I don't want your language. Mine's better than yours. My voice is greater than your voice, God. I'm not going to humble myself to you. And they call themselves Christians. We got a job to do, Alan. If you're born again of water and of the Spirit, you have inside of you. Let there be light. And there was light. Lazarus, come forth. Oh dear. Widow of Nain touched the coffin and her son sits up. See, chill, calm. As God himself walked across the waters. Same spirit. Moses, raise up that rod and split that sea. Same spirit. Same miraculous. Moses, ten plagues. Speak it. And they came into existence. Oh dear. Speak to the mountain. And the mountain will move. Do you know why? Because the voice that put it there is inside of you. And when you say there's a problem or a mountain in front of you, mountain be removed, that mountain has to move because it's the same voice that put it there. Just had a lady in Liverpool struggle with cancer for 10 years. We prayed for her a year ago. I got a text the other day. Pastor, I've just left the doctors. <laughs> the doctor said, I'm amazed at what I'm seeing. She's had this tumor inside of her for 10 years and fought and fought and drug and after drug after drug. And she called me and she said, the doctors just told me this. The tumor is dead. It is blackened inside of my body. There's no life left inside the cancerous tumor. It has completely been eradicated. I don't have that anymore. Because the voice that when we prayed, 
was the voice of God through his vessel. And when we touched her and we prayed for her, that lady then calls and says, that prayer that day, the doctor is telling me, you are amazing. I have never seen this before. I have got story after story after story after story. I can say, I could be here till tonight still preaching it. Once you realize what that is inside of you really. Once you get a hold of what's inside of you. Give me, give me Mark 16, 16. And line up Isaiah 58, 9. And I'm going to start closing you down. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believes not shall be damned. And those signs shall follow them that believe. Do you believe in my name? They shall cast out devils. They shall speak with what? He's given them a language. Go on. And they shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. And they shall lay hands upon the sick and they shall recover. There's the remit for the church. But in the midst of that is a language that gives you the ability to pray like none other. It gives you the, the ability to be a person like you've never been before. The person that God sees that you could be in him. But if you don't use this, if you don't believe, you know what the word believe means? To be persuaded. If you're not persuaded that that is inside of you, you are never going to see it. And you can sit on these seats for a hundred years and never see a thing that God is desperately trying to show you. Give me Isaiah 58, 9. Oh dear. You ready? Then shall thou call. And the Lord shall answer. When we pray, God can hear. And you'll get your answer. But watch this. Jalen, you just said it earlier. They shall cry, screech into the atmosphere, lift up your voice like never before, and he shall say, here I am. When you pray, he's listening. But when you start to get this in your heart, go, God, we need you. I need you now, Jesus. My family needs you now, Jesus. And I begin to lift up my voice. He said, I then will appear. He's not appearing when we're playing church. He's appearing when we mean business with him. That's what it says. When you pray, he's just going to go, oh, I can hear you. But my God, when you begin to lift up your voice in belief and expectancy and with such passion... 
that you start to look the way he looks at people. He sees the broken heart. He wants to heal it. He sees people captive to life, to broken things, to, to addictions, and he wants to set them free from them. He sees people that have been abused physically and verbally, and he wants to heal them and set them free. And how does he do it? Isaiah said what was going to happen when Jesus got to the actual synagogue in Nazareth. Luke 4, 18, and I'm going to close with this. How does the remit of the church come to pass? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to what? What is preaching? Speaking. Wow. Thank you, Alan. It's me and you are on the same page. How does this gospel get to the world? You've got to preach and speak it. In the beginning. Whoo, I've got to walk up to it. I can't see it down there. Watch. Ready? He says, preach the gospel to who? The poor, that's everybody, that's people weak in spirit. He has sent me to do what? This is the church's remit. To do what? Okay, what's next? To? To? You missed it. Thank you. Don't, you can't miss it now. To preach deliverance to the captives. And recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty them that are bruised. How does the church get this to get outside of these four walls? We've got to go and preach it. Preaching is speaking. So, you're going to pray today. And I'm going to pray this that you'd like you've never prayed before. Because if you can get this, Nathaniel, and understand what your words are going to be. These words, we allow the Spirit of God, we allow God to do it. God doesn't force himself upon us. We actually humble ourselves. If my people would humble themselves and pray, purpose to seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, I'm paraphrasing, and then I will hear from heaven. How does that communication begin? If... My people, which are called by my name. Thank you. I did say I was paraphrasing. How is it going to happen if my people would speak? If my people would pray? If my people would open their mouths and let me be the God that's in them, just like I told Ezekiel, that I will be their God and they shall be my people. And my people, according to Daniel, will do great exploits. I think it was Daniel. I'm just kind of, I'm just going on here. My people will do great exploits. How do you do exploits? You've got to get out there and you've got to see them. You can't sit on your backside. And I'm going to be as nice as I can here. You can't just sit here every week, keep coming in and not going outside of these four walls and using exactly what God has given you to actually go to the world. Why does it say, why does it say here? Listen, why, why, does, why did I begin with this? Why does it say at the beginning that all the world, how does all the world hear this? Because we come into a building? No. Go into all the world 
And what did he say? Matthew 28, 19. One more, Kirby. Sorry. I'm trying to finish. But it ain't happening. Go therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. What's the name? Jesus. That's the only way they're going to hear. You've got to go and teach it. You've got to go and preach it. You've got to go and live it. You've got to get out of these four walls. And you're going to say, like it says here, the whole world will be full with the glory of God. Why? Because there's supposed to be a church on this earth that is preaching the gospel like nobody else is. Please hear me. Catholics aren't going to... Baptists, they don't ever believe in the name and they don't ever believe in speaking in tongues and I'm not knocking them, so don't sit there and fold your arms and cut me off. There's got to be a church that Jesus said, I will build my church. He didn't say, I'm going to build a church for you and you have just choose what you want to choose and do it. He said, I will build my church. Upon this rock, upon the revelation of who he is, he said, I'm going to build my church. We know who he is. We know that he's the almighty God. We know that he is the everlasting father, according to Isaiah 9, 6. We know who he is, according to Isaiah 40. Go into all of Judea and Samaria and tell them, behold your God. That's who we are. Hear me, the people of God, with the Spirit of God in them. The only way the world is going to be filled with the glory of God is if the people who are full with the glory of God take the glory of God to them by preaching the gospel, speaking it, living it. Oh, Jesus. Would we stand together this morning? Would you stand with me and we're going to pray. Hebrews 11 says this, By faith we understand that the worlds during the successive ages were framed and fashioned and put in order and equipped for that intended purpose. By the Word of God, so that we see was not made out of the things which are visible. You have to have a faith. You have to have a belief. You have to have an expectancy. This is real. Ain't no more Mickey Mouse Club. No more Disney World for church. And I believe this is right, right from the throne room of God for our church here. All the promises I remember being relayed to the church will come to pass. And I'm going to say this, you're in a very privileged place. Because it's through this church that those things will come to pass. Can you hear me? And I don't chat nonsense. I don't blow smoke to make people feel better. No, you're right, Tony, I don't. There's something about you that when I even got up this morning, I knew that people, some people may reject this, but I'm going to pray that you don't. I'm going to pray that this morning you're going to speak to mountains in your life and you're going to watch them move today. Problems and issues of life that you now know what that tongue in your mouth is all about. You're going to speak. We're going to come and pray in a few more seconds. But you're going to speak out into the atmosphere of this world. And the scripture says when you speak it out, it shows your faith.
But you're going to pray like you've never prayed. Because when you let those tongues of heaven begin to be spoken, things are being created. The atmosphere is changing. We are shredding it with our voice. Satan's kingdom will come down because the first thing he wanted to do was separate humanity from God. And we can play church and we can come to church and be separated still from God. But today, today open your heart to God. If you've got issues of life, then come to an altar and cry out unto God. And he said, and if you cry, I will appear. He will come to your side right now. If you would come out of your seats and lift up your voices this morning and begin to pray. God, I've heard your message. I have the voice of God when I speak in those heavenly languages that I can speak to problems and issues of life and they're going to move. Speak to a mountain that is in your life this morning and tell it be removed. Come on church, let's speak like we mean it. Let's pray. We set your passion in our hearts. Set your passion in our voices. Mean what you pray for. You have the language of God flowing out of your heart right here, right now. Moving mountains. Come on, Radmiya Satataya Radakatayana. Raya Sotaya Rabakotayana. church speak to it speak to your problems speak to an issue in your life speak to God with a voice no wonder he says cry out with a voice of triumph cry out unto God and he said I will appear Keep her. 